0: Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. All right. I'm going to be as transparent as I possibly can be with you, which is probably not, like, that's kind of a scary thing for me. Uh, <laughs> here you go. All right. I'm going to tell you honestly that I've struggled with this message, and I wrestled with God with this message, because um, because I want the messages that come from here to be encouraging, right? Like that's that's kind of what what you want to do. That's kind of what you want to accomplish, right? You want to stay. You want to be up here, and you want to encourage people, um, and you want people to feel like yes, we can go out there. And I was just like wrestling with God. And I felt him say to me, you're being way too arrogant about this. Why is it think that you think that just the things that you're going to say are going to encourage people and they're going to go out and do the thing that y- you talked about? Do you know that there's an exchange happening here where you get the opportunity to be encouraged, but you have to make the decision to be encouraged? Encouraged. Here comes the rough stuff. Right? Like so many times you could be told something or you could be, you know what, we had this crazy conversation. We were having a leaders meeting and we were talking about the prophets and the prophets of old and we were like, oh, you know what, they were, it always seemed like they were so harsh, right? And they were coming and telling about the doom and gloom of what's coming and all of this and you felt like the Old Testament is very much like that. And we came to this conclusion just through conversation, like, wait a minute, maybe the prophets were simply just reading the ledger of what was happening and telling you the truth. And you can be encouraged that there is actually a way forward because now you know the truth. You ever thought about that? We're always like, Old Testament, they're so mean in there. Or they're honest, (laughs) like, right? So many times you get like, you know, here comes one of the prophets, and people over there are like, oh, great. Here comes doom and gloom. Or just, hey, I don't know if you know, but worshiping idols is probably a bad idea. Remember the last 400 years? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I want you to be encouraged, but I do not solely own the responsibility of you being encouraged. I'm actually lifting that off of me right now. I encourage you to be encouraged by seeing hope in what's said, even if it's hard. Yep. Even if it's hard. Okay. So, a little behind the scenes. I got a lot to get to. And usually what happens is when you prepare for, like, to speak, you have, like, here's this verse, here's this verse, here's this verse, here's this verse. And you go over to Nick or, or whoever's going to be on the, on the screen, wave to everybody, and they say, you know what, I'm working for you here, for y'all yeah. And what happens is you give him these verses and it's usually like a snippet of this and a snippet of that. And all I could tell Nick this morning was like, I have Hebrews 10, Romans 5, Matthew 5. And he's like, which verses in those? No, no, no. I have Hebrews 10, (laughs) Romans 5, Matthew 5. (laughs) I promise we're not going to read it all, but a lot. We're going to get, we're going to do a lot. Now, I'm already losing track of my thoughts because I'm like, I'm a little. I think that it's important for us as sons and daughters of God to be able to confidently walk into the throne room or maybe even realize that you're never leaving the throne room, that you're always constantly in the presence of the almighty God. God your father, the one who loves you more than ever Like, I think it's important for you to walk in there confidently okay, which the only way you can walk in confidently is with having a sense of knowledge of who he is yeah. because if you don't have confidence in who he is when you walk in, you can't be confident of how he sees you you, you tracking where I am? So, if I'm confident who he is and I'm confident that I am a son and his child, then I can walk in confidently into his presence, right? And and we have the conversation. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. What I fear is that we walk in casually and we forget who he is. Has your, most of us have had children in here, if you haven't, have you ever become too casual with your parents? To the point that he needed to remind you, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like I, no, I love you. No, I love you. You don't understand how my kids don't even understand how much I love them. Like I try to tell them, and I try, I embrace, I kiss them, and and, and they don't understand that sometimes I'm like, hey, you get your act together. That that's equally an amount of love than it is me. Right? Now I like that. I like this. I like the, this part. I was like, "Oh, the Lord is, uh, you know, whispering sweet nothings to my, heart. oh, Kendall, you're my child and I love you and you know what, you're beautiful and all this." And then there's the very loving, "Hey, Kendall, get your act together. Come on, Jason, get your act together." And and the the encouraging part of that is that he loves you so much. You know what? Do not trust. Someone who tells you that they love you but will never tell you when you're in it. Don't trust that. I'm telling you openly, don't trust that. Hey, somebody who tells you that lo- they love you and never has something, has never just rolled their eyes at you, ever? <laughs> ever. What are we talking about here? No. So, I worry that we enter into him casually and we forget, like, he's loving and he's all... But he is God. Yes, he is. He's God. So there's some examinations of myself that I have to... We're talking about measurement. This is, this is probably all going to be about measurement today. We're talking about manifest, measure, and multiply. But we should be in measurement. I said this before. We should be in measurement more than anything else. Measure, 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 measure. Okay, measure what it is, and then multiply the thing that looks like Jesus, not the thing that looks like you. Okay? Right? I've said that before. So we're in measurement. And what we do is we carefully examine ourselves and we bring it to the Lord and we say, Lord, what do you think about this? And the Lord's like, Oh, my child, man, do I love you. He does. He like he does. He's like, But let's talk about this thing right here. And and most of the time I say to the Lord, I didn't come here for that kind of negativity. Uh, I came here for you to tell me how great I am, Jesus. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to tell you how great you can be. And you want to focus on great, how great you are. And there's different, like, like oh, like restoration. Like we talk about restoration, like we pray for restoration. And our concept of restoration is, oh, God, bring me back to here. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to bring you back to what I created you to be. This is restoration up here, not what you think restoration is over here. See, you're aiming too low. You're aiming too low. You want to be restored to what I called you to, not to the picture that you have of yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. I need some water. I hope I'm making sense. So the hard part that I have to tell you and I don't even know I'm, like, I'm not even worthy to tell you this because I got stuff I got to work out myself but my, my, my message to you is get your act together. Or that's gonna be consequences. Get your act together. Like why, why do I continue to settle for the lowest version of what God has designed for me when he's like bro up here. Up here! But I'm like, oh, I'm cool. I'm alright. I'm coasting. I want to talk about that. Because Hebrews 10, like Hebrews 10, you have to read it soberly. You have to be, you have to be encouraged, but then in the middle, you're like, hey. and then you have, to, you have to, so, are you tracking with me? Okay. I do cringe sometimes, not that it's a beautiful, not, uh, not a beautiful message. Not that I don't necessarily Disagree with it, but I, I cringe when sometimes people are like, "God loves you just the way you are," and that, it's not that that's not a true thing. It's that the immature then will take it as license to do what, Whatever. to stay that way. And we were like, we'll be like, you know, I re- just I remember when I was like 12, handing out tracks in New York City, like, God loves you just the way you are, but you're going to hell, like, like, and I, you know, that's that's a tough message, right? Like, that's something to sink your, te- sink your teeth into. But when, when I, I, I worry about the license that people can take uh, when it comes to, I, you know what, God loves you just the way you are. And I'm like, yes, that means we tell people, God meets you where you are, but he had never intended for you to stay in that place. He's like, no, 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 I meet you here so we can get But we have places to go. Like, I have revelation for you of who you are. Like, I got, we got, but you want to stay here and pitch your tent, right? You want to have your little moment. I met God. I'm going to pitch a tent right here. This is where I'm supposed to live. We talked about that this Wednesday, right? Like, oh, God, thank you. Right here, right here. And he's like, he's like, no, this is not. So while it's true, while it's true that when Jesus was talking about, you know, he purchases the whole field, and and he's giving this parable, and he's like, he's talking about what he's doing. Like, I'm purchasing the whole field, and I'm talking about you. The purpose was never to keep the thing that has very, a lot of value in the ground. It was to dig the stuff that's that's around it and surrounding it and reveal. Like, whoo! Now, I'll purchase the whole field to do it, But it's for this. It's for this thing. I know it's here. I found it, right? So I don't want us to get attached to the things that... Let me get to Hebrews 10. Because I told you I have like 700 chapters. So if I could just give you a synopsis of what happens in the beginning of Hebrews 10. He's talking about how the law was a shadow of the good thing to come. All right? So, like, it's just, like, the law was insufficient. It's just this shadow of really, it's pointing to Jesus, but it's never going to get you a full, like, revelation of who Jesus is. So he talks through from 10 all the way down to 8 where you get this really cool thing that says, it says, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and offerings for sin you have not desired, for you have not taken pleasure in them. Wait, so you're telling me that the father never took pleasure in the ritual of sacrifice? That, he said, this is, this is how you wash your sins. But he never took pleasure. He never took pleasure in that because there's actually a greater pleasure that is coming. Something that he really wants to put pleasure in is actually you operating in a way that you, you're washed, right? The sacrifice is done, which is what Jesus did, and then you walk holy so that we don't ever have, have to do that thing again. So he's like, oh. I'm not really into this burnt offering thing and this sacrifices thing. This is just like, a, like honestly, it was a temporal thing. It's a thing that we're going to do for now until I reveal to you what is really there, what, is real, what I'm really doing. So the thought, like, Jesus, Jesus himself, like, you know, this whole sacrifice thing, it's just like, it's a whole to-do. You have to, like, get a lamb, and you got to come down here, you got to do this, you got to do that. Like, you know... I had a funny thought, though. I was like, if I was God, this is why you didn't want me to be God, okay? For, other, for this reason and others, many others. But, like, if it was me, I would be like, we're going to make it, like, the hardest animal for them to catch and sacrifice, right? <laughs> like a lamb? Like, this seems kind of easy. Let's make it like a, like a lion. Like, come, like, if you sacrifice a lion at the altar, then you get your sins. Like, but that's, you know, that's me. I, forgive me. Forgive, I told you I wasn't perfect at the beginning. All right, so, all the way down to 19, all right? Oh, no, actually, and in this, in this verse, in these set of verses, in 16, he says, and I'm, Nick, I'm sorry, this is just how it's going to be. We're just going to, yeah, all right. He reminds us of what's said in Jeremiah. Jeremiah was saying, this is the government that I will have with them, and those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws where? on their heart, and on their mind, and I will write them, he says, and then, like, I will be their God, and there will be my people, right, like, that's, wait a minute, that's in the Old Testament? Yeah, that's in the Old Testament, remember what God was angry, and upset, no, in the Old Testament, he was like, I'm going to write this on your heart, that was his intention the whole time, so, we get down to 19. Be encouraged here. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have, what's that word? Confidence. But we fear when confidence turns into casual. That's when we get in trouble. When confidence turns into casual, then we need to be reminded, wait a minute, it's confidence that you should walk into, but not casual. All right. To enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated us through the veil that is through his flesh and the tearing of that flesh. So, did the tabernacle um, veil need to be torn or did Jesus' flesh need to be torn? Jesus' flesh needed to be torn in order for the, fle- the, the tabernacle to be torn. It was in Jesus the whole time. It's Jesus. It's always a picture. It's always a picture of Jesus. It's always a picture of Jesus. So, he shows us, like this is the gospel, like in four verses, five verses. He's just reminding us, hey, this is what the gospel is about. By a new and living way, he inaugurated us through the veil that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, I have to pause here, okay? Because this is an amazing thing. And we don't think about this that much. But when we think about, see, when we think about about Christ on the cross, we kind of only think about it in one way. We think about Jesus being sacrificed. So here is the lamb being sacrificed, Jesus' is the lamb. But simultaneously, he is also the high priest overseeing the sacrifice. He never stopped being the high priest. So this is a dichotomy that you have to come to understanding. Like he He's worthy to be the lamb because he's the only priest that could be sacrificed. Okay. I don't even know how to do this in an hour and 10 minutes. But, okay. Every other priest needed to bring that reconciliation through a lamb. He couldn't, they couldn't do it through their own even the, even the priest, I'm sorry, even the priest every time has to be like, okay, well, let me get a lamb because this is, like, maybe, I need to, they have to go through that kind of, only Jesus, only Jesus could actually go to the cross and be both simultaneously. Right, yeah. Only him. And he wasn't of the line to be a priest. He was of the line of Melchizedek, which meant that he is both the high priest, Like, I want you to get this. He's both the high priest and the sacrifice. He provides, he presides over the sacrifice that is him. He's both, He was at that time, both the death and the life. So while we're sitting here like, oh, Jesus is helpless out here, right? He's like, yeah, just in my physical body, but right here, I'm presiding over this whole thing. Like, I'm looking over that whole thing. I'm not like, I'm not helpless up here. He even said I could call down every single angel. Like this, this place is gonna be messed up if I called like, "Yo, Gabriel, somebody, come down here, let's <laughs> let's wrap this up, right? Easy." He could have done that, but the priest, but the high priest looks looks over the the, the, um, the proceedings. He's both the priest and the lamb, and then because of that, he is the Lion of Judah. Okay, I was just so much. I'm so sorry. Are you still with me or am I just being manic right now? Am I just all over the place? Tell me the truth. I see you laughing. Okay, let's go. We got a lot to go. Now, let's approach God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. That sounds like confidence to me. In full assurance of faith, Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let's hold firmly to the confessions of our hope without wavering. Confidence comes without wavering because, what did we talk about before? Because I know who he is and I know who I am. And I know what this relationship is meant to do. Okay. So, and let's consider how to encourage one another in what? Love. Did I stop there? No. Love and good deeds. So let us encourage each other to love and then put some legs to the love and serve. And so, we, Look, we can't get away from the good deeds portion. Let me be like, oh, you know what, I never... It's not a works mentality, but God's like, can we get to work? Like, he's like look, your works is not saving you, but we got some work to do. Jesus is like, I see, I work because I see the Father work. Like, work should be the thing for a mature son, for somebody who really knows the Lord. He should be like, yeah, we're going to get some work done. We're going to do something. We're going to get, we have some legs to it. Let's move, right? Let's move forward. Let's push forward. Let's do something, right? Like, we should be excited. Like, oh, whew. right? You have to measure yourself if your love simply wants you to stay stagnant and not do anything. Yeah. That's good. And then you can wrap yourself up in a, you know what, you're loved just the way you are. Like, well, then I'm just going to sit right here. I'm just going to sit right here. And it, I don't know what I said. You said, say it again. Okay, you have to, you have to question yourself if, if, if love if If the product of love is you staying stagnant and not getting out there and moving putting legs to your love, then you just you need to question if you have the right perspective of god's love yeah. you have to question it you have to measure it. like and I guess this is maybe that this is the downer oh no there's more downer coming trust me so there needs to be encourage one another in love and good deeds, and I love that he's just like. I love that he puts in and good deeds in there. Because we've got to get stuff done. Not abandoning our own meeting, our, our own meeting together, as is the habit of some. Where are y'all? I miss you. Don't abandon this. Because if you abandon this, this is the place where we're supposed to be encouraged to for, to, to love and to perform good deeds. This is simply the locker room. The game is out there. It's just a pep talk. Oh, okay, guys. Here we are, it's the first quarter. Let's get out there fast. Let's hit them. It's football season, right? Let's hit them hard. Let's, you know, like, this is just, the, this is the locker room for that, right? And in here in the locker room, we're like, I'm patching the butt. Let's get out there. Go hit somebody and get it. you know? That's what this is for. This place actually isn't for like to sit here and think, like, this is not the destination. Right. This here is not the destination. It's not the destination. Although, come, people, come, like, come, right. because we should be sent out to where the destinations are. Yeah. This, is, this is the locker room. That's the field. The game gets won where? Oh, On the field. Not in the, not in the locker room. Okay? You hearing me? Yeah. You with me? Yes. Okay, can we keep going? Now here we come. I, I actually, I, the funny thing is I called Jay this week. I was like, Jay, I gotta talk about this, this set of verses because they, this is a sobering set of verses, okay? This is a sobering set of verses and it points back to what I said about walking into casually, where like walking into casually with the Lord is like, these sins are fine, These sins, I'm so confident I could walk in casually and say, yeah, yeah, these sins that I carry, like, they're fine. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I could, I could continue to do this. I'm casual. Yeah. It's, so, here we go. i take a little bit more water before we do this part. I could use some coffee too, but we'll get to that. Brace yourself. Verse 26. For if we go on sinning willfully, after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. You know, I'm just going to read the whole thing. But a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. Let's keep going. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. And it's so interesting because he he still brings up the law of Moses. He's like, I'm not trying to do this thing away. It's still a shadow, but, you know, don't don't think. (laughs) Don't get arrogant. He's telling us that here. Don't get arrogant here. Now, let's continue. How much severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he he, he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace? And I want to focus on insulted the spirit of grace that's where we're going to land here. now what I want you to do is kind of put a pin in that because we're going to jump over to Rome, uh, Romans five, but just give me a second. okay but you should also know like, for we know we know him and who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay and again the Lord will judge his people. is it a, terrif- is it a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God? Look. Whoa! Of wow! I feel so I feel so loved. Thank you. I need this. Whoa, that's hot. Okay. <laughs> God's like you don't need that. You don't need it. But <clears throat> okay. Let's go back up. Insulted the spirit of grace. Insulted. Okay. All right. I I want to I want to. Explain this by going into Romans, okay? Uh, Because we got we have a wrong idea of what grace is, okay? A wrong idea of what grace is. Um, But and at the end, I want to talk about what I think the terrible judgment is. But what I can say is, it's probably not a good idea. It's probably not a good idea for take for to forsake the things that you know for your comfort. You hear what I said? Yeah. Okay. I know that this is a sin, but it makes me comfortable and I like it, so I stay in this place. This is when God's like, I didn't die for that. I know he died for it, but hear what I'm saying. I didn't die for you to have that attitude. That's kind of like, i i does, i die does, I, like everything I did was for what what I talked about in hebrews ten nineteen to twenty five right so, confidently walk in by the blood of Jesus, the high priest, the only one who could preside over the proceedings, be the sacrifice and the priest right but he 's like i didn 't die for that attitude, that attitude right there where you knowingly have a sin and you want to know something? I know that there's sins I have that I knowingly have, and I'm like, I like them. They kinda keep me comfortable. You know, they make me feel good. And God's like, I didn't die for that attitude. And I'm gonna talk about what that judgment is, okay? What I think that judgment is. It's interesting that, to me, it doesn't mention hell. It doesn't doesn't mention any of those things. I'm I'm not taking that off the table, but that's not where I wanna focus, okay? So I'm going to talk about that judgment too. So a couple of things you have to hold me accountable to is talking about what that judgment is and talking about what insulting the spirit of grace is in my perspective, all right? So let's go to Romans, Romans 5. Whew. Is anybody like, what are you talking about, Ben? I'll answer a question. Okay, we're going to read Romans 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our induction, our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. So, grace is the thing that we stand on. What do we stand on? We stand on grace. Okay, that's what Romans 5 says. Like, I'm not not making that up. I'm going to read again. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but also we celebrate in tribulations knowing... That tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance proving character, and proven character hope. Okay, so I think very too few times like the Bible gives you like a true formula, like hey do it this way. This is the steps to do it. Like I, I think a lot of times it's you know Jesus like you know he's talking in parables and you're like I don't know what he's talking about. Like what are you saying? Like he's I asked him about you know, like a, a law, and he's telling me about a fish. Or, you know, like, should I pay taxes? And he's like, well, this, right? Like, you get confused. And these are, these are one of those times where it, it's really direct, right? <clears throat> so where does hope come from? Oh, that's interesting. You say, Jesus, sure, right? Like, in the macro, but where does hope come from? Proving character, but where does proven character come from? Perseverance. But where does perseverance come? Tribulations. Is it possible that some of the tribulations that we're going through are because of the decisions that we've made to hold on to the sins that we love? I'm just asking you a question. I don't know if that's the answer for you. But how many times in my life have I said, Oh man, I'm going through it. And it was like, God's like, no, no, no. you're not going through it. You put yourself through it. You put yourself in it. So now the only way to get through this, because I've already sacrificed. Like, I've already done the work. So now what you need to do is because you're in this tribulation, and I'm not discounting tribulations that are not part of this, all right? There's plenty of tribulations that you're going to go through that really just, that wasn't a, you didn't sign up for it. But there are tribulations that you do go through because we did sign up for it. By our own choices. Okay, so I say, oh, man, I'm going through this tribulation. You know what, though? I put myself through it, so I thank God for this opportunity. Here's an opportunity. I have an opportunity now to persevere. I have an opportunity to persevere. Okay, well, how do I persevere? You know what the problem with perseverance is? The only way to persevere is to persevere. Still, like there's no secret. Like, how do you persevere? Well, stick it, stick to it, right? Like, I, I wish I had a better thing for you. Like, okay, this is what you what you do to persevere is you, yeah. Here's your strategy for perseverance. <laughs> what did you say? Don't quit. don't quit. Yeah, basically, don't quit. Don't quit. And then when you do enough, don't quitting. What happens is, it proves your character, and in your proven character, you have what now? We think like hope is this nebulous thing. Like God, I need hope. And God's like, oh, okay, you want some hope? Here comes some tribulations. You want some patience? Here comes some opportunities to be patient. Right? Like God's smart. We're kind of dumb sometimes like, yeah. because I'm like, I'm just like, oh, God, give me patience. And he just downloads patience. And you're like, this is the matrix or something. I'm like, well, now you know how to be patient. And God's like, no, 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 no. Now you're married. Or no. <laughs> That's, my wife is very patient with me. I heard T.D. Jakes, he said this thing that I was like, I like T.D. Jakes. But he talks about like, I'll mess this up because he he speaks real well with me. He said, you know what? God doesn't give people tables or chairs. He gives people trees. I was listening to that like, crap, he does. He gives trees. And then he puts it in you to be able to envision what a table or a chair and then take that tree that needs to be worked down and like, we gotta mill it, we gotta cut it, we gotta do all these things. And then we have a table and God's like, amen. There you are, my son. I gave you a tree. You wanted a table and you wanted me to give you a table, but I'm not interested in giving you a table. I'm interested in giving you a tree because when I give you a tree, you enact all the things that are in you to get a table. And we treat God way too much like handout God I need a miracle, I need this, I need that, cha-ching, debit card in, I get my thing out. And God's like, you need to put in the work. Dear God, I want financial freedom. And he's like, let me show you your ledger. I didn't spend the money. <laughs> like, I, just, I wonder sometimes, like Denver, I wonder Deborah or Doug Hess, Somebody comes into your office, right, and they show you their finances, and you tell them the truth. Here's, a, here's the financial profit right here. He tells you the truth, like, this ain't good, and you get mad at Denver or Doug? Have you had that? Like, what are you talking about? This isn't good. He's like, I didn't spend the money. I'm not the one who spent the money. I'm not the one who threw out the dimes. I'm just the one telling the truth. Now, what I can do is I can give you a tree to work with. But I can't give you a table. It's actually inappropriate for the Father to give you a table. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. (laughs) So, I'm not going to write it on the board, but tribulations, knowing that. Okay, so tribulations, even in the thing that you chose, you could be like, oh, wait a minute. I have a tribulation. I know I chose it. I know I made a mistake in that, but there's still a path forward. There's still a path forward for hope because what I can do now is persevere and not do that thing. Like, I could turn that thing around. I could turn that thing around because in you is the spirit of grace. So, we have to get to grace. We have to get to grace because I I think I've been explaining it wrong for my whole life within these verses. But let me, do I have time? I hope I have time. Okay. Okay. I know everybody's like, I need to get my cheese dip at Montezuma soon, and I get it, but. (laughs) And what does hope do? It doesn't point, it doesn't disappoint. Why does it not disappoint? Because it's proven. Like, hope is not nebulous, it isn't based on stuff that we're like, oh, I don't know. No, it's based on proven character, it's based on results. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has given, who was given to us. Okay. Whew. This is the verse. I, I, here we go. Whew. Okay. All right. Next verse. Next verse. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Now, some versions say, for while we were still sinners. For some versions say, I don't know the King James actually says, for while we were still helpless, okay? The NIV says, while we were still sinners. I can't tell you what every translation says in my head, but weak. Oh, yes, while we were still weak. Thank you, thank you. Which version is that in NIV? New revised. <laughs> while we were still weak. Okay, so... Can I just point some things out about this verse? Okay. Is the word while is that an eternal condition? While. Or is that like a moment in time? Alright, so it's temporal. Okay. Alright, you agree with me. While, temporal. We were. Is were An eternal condition, or is that temporal? Okay, it's temporal. While we were okay, still helpless. Is helpless a permanent condition? So, what does this suggest? What does it suggest? It's the past it's the past. You're not helpless anymore. You're not helpless. So in your perseverance, are you helpless? No. So do you have to continue in that sin that you know? No, because what? You are not, no, you're not helpless. Like this is the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is you're not helpless. The beauty of the gospel is like. Jesus died for your sins, and you get to go to heaven now. Live the life the way you want to live. No, the beauty of the gospel is like it's that's kind of it. Like, that's a part of it. But the bigger beauty of the gospel is like, now you can get to step into the fullness of grace, and you're not helpless, so you can be holy. Because I created you holy. You're not helpless. Like, it... If you walk out of here with, any, with anything, you're not helpless. And, and too many times, what we do, because we put on this, like, I, it's a nice thing to say, it's like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And God's like, well, you were, according to this verse, but if you take on this identity, you can't keep that identity. You can't be dual identity here. You can't be sinner over here and expect that you're, if you continue to stay within the sinner identity, then you are helpless. Do do you remember what what Jeremy had on the board where he was like, like, I can't remember what it was. It was like victim, right? And victim leads to like, and basically victim leads to this same old thing happening all the time. That's helpless. So I'm gonna jump to one thing. Remember I told you what I think the judgment of God is? What I think the judgment that's being talked about right here? I think the judgment that's being talked about in Hebrews 10 where you willingly continue to sin even though you know him is that you stay here. Like, everybody's worried about the hell to come, but what about the hell you're living in right now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're living in hell because you're choosing the same thing over and over again. And you're like, well, this made me feel good, but then it makes me feel terrible, so you know what I need to do? I need to do it again because I want to feel good, oh, but then it made me feel terrible. And then here I go in this circle, and that sounds like hell to me. Or later, and you know what would be a bigger hell? Like, I, I don't want, like, I don't, I'm not... I'm just saying, like, the bigger hell to me is, no, is like this idea of what could have been if I chose to take on my true identity instead of this victim-sinner identity and hold on to myself. What could I have been? What could have we accomplished? I don't want to live that way. I like I don't want to live in the what if. Like, what if I... I think one of the biggest hells is Regret like oh. what if I just persevere just a little bit more? What if I just mm. that rain is cool, right? Like yeah, open heaven, man, give it to me. <clears throat> this means I 'm mow the grass again though. <laughs> All right. you know what? Look at, I just jumped this up. Thank you God for the rain, but great like <laughs> perseverance. I better persevere. Thank you. Okay. I I can't think of, I can't think of a worse and and it's not even a punishment that came from God. Like it's a, it's a punishment that we give to ourselves in this. You're stuck in this place. You're not going to move forward. It's not that God's like, here's the smacking punishment of you. No, that's what you decided. You chose this hell. I chose this hell. And here I am, I'm ha- hanging out with the devil that I know because I'm like, "Well, and God's like, "W, man, if I could just get you out of that place, I mean, you know I did all the things that needed to be done in order to get you to move forward. But I need some perseverance from you, right? So the good news, the good news, the good news, is you're not helpless. You're not helpless." And you're not hopeless because your hope, your hope is through tribulations, perseverance, good, proven character. Right? All right. So now we got to get to this grace thing. I told you I would do it, right? How much time do I got? I got time. I got time. We're going to get out of here early. No, I shouldn't, have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I see where I went wrong. Okay. oh wait it's right here for while we were still helpless in verse 8 but God demonstrates his own love to us and while we were still sinners Christ died for us temporal a moment in time back 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 then you've experienced the redeeming love of God and now it's like whoo That's the wind and the sails. Okay, so I want to get down to to this. I'm going to skip down. There's so much good stuff in here. Like, I'm like, and this is where it talks about through one man's sin. And, you know, like, so you could study that from 12 on all the way down to 20. And I want to talk about 21. And this is a verse we talk about a lot. And I, I just, I, Like, I'm hitting myself. I'm like, oh my God. Why didn't I see this before? Uh, No, not verse 21. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, it's actually verse 20. Sorry, Nick. Verse 20. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. I'm gonna tell you where I have gone wrong in this thinking. All right. Uh, okay. I've always read this as Jay. Remind me if there's something I missed. Based on our conversation. But I always read this as as sin increases, what does grace correspondingly do? Increases. I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. I think. I want to make sure I, I. The word is abounds, not increases. The word is abounds, not increases. So, what it's telling us is that grace is at all times at the highest level it will ever be. There's no more grace that's coming. It's existent and apparent in Jesus. So, you could like, you can, like, you can sin. Like, like try to hit the level. Like, you can, go ahead. I'm not giving you license. I'm just saying. Like, don't, don't try to do, like. All of a sudden, doesn't appear this new level of grace of God. That's not what's happening. God's like, this is me in my fullness. You got all the grace in the world. Woo, here we go. No matter how much sin comes in, how, many, you know, how, many, how much sin we see in the earth, without, my grace always abounds it. Always. So it's not like I'm increasing and God's coming back over. It's like, okay, now I have to muster up a new level of grace. God, no, no it's like, no, here it is. Here's the blanket of it, right? Here it is. It's all out there. Now what we use the grace for is a different thing. All right? Now. Wait, oh yeah, there's a point I want to make sure I am Did I say there's no no like upward level of grace? There's no upward level of grace. And no matter how much sin, there's always a, like an upward level of grace. Okay. Now, to insult The spirit of grace is to use his grace to continue to sin. Did you hear me? Yeah. Because his grace is meant to propel you into the next levels of understanding who he is. You don't have capacity for it. I'm telling you. You don't have capacity in your mind. You don't have capacity for it. So God, he's like, like us... I, this whole thing about us being like God—he's he, be, you know what? Being saved from your sins is the lowest level of Christian that you should shoot for. It's like the lowest level. It's like the entry to the door. Yeah, you get to go to heaven, but God's like, oh wait, wait, wait! No, I created you holy, so my restoration for you is that you would be holy, holy. So grace is this thing I stand on as I continue to get to know him. And then perseverance and good character and all this stuff, right I now have a higher level of understanding the grace that's a, 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 like um what's the word I'm looking for? Abounding. abounding, thank you. I have an understanding of the level of grace that I have abounding towards me or available to me, right And then what happens is I get. To, Man, that is solid. Woohoo! We're stepping on this new. And then grace, I don't even understand this, right? But grace lets me come into here and start to get to know it. Man, this is solid. And I get to, that's what true grace is. It's not this thing that says, hey, there's grace out there. Enjoy your sin. It's, hey, you have grace. Pursue your identity as I've defined it as I've given it to you. and guess the cool thing is that when you mess up, there's grace. There's grace. I've said this before. I think the measure of a good father is that he provides second chances. I think a measure of a good son is that you don't need them. Think about that. A good father is like, yeah, man. Yeah, come on. You you know the prodigal son? Prodigal son's story. He's like always like, here I am. I'm going to run to you, right? You're always welcome back. Now, if there was like chapter two or or like, you know, prodigal son, the sequel, and he's like, oh, the prodigal son ran off again, like, he'll be like, I just want to kick this person in the teeth, right? Like, he's just like, Holy, like a holy kicking of a blessing. <laughs> Guys, great, grace is not there to make you feel good about your sin. Grace is there to propel you into the fullness of who you are in him. Yeah. And then I won't go into to this, but in Romans 6, it says, so should you go sinning? so that you can increase grace? No, don't be done. Like Paul's like, don't. No. You know Paul wrote that because somebody said it, right? Like Somebody was like, signs exist because somebody did something dumb. Like that's, right? We were at the zoo, I don't know why I'm going here. We were at the zoo and we were at the, lion, the lion's cage and there was a sign that said, don't jump into the lion's cage. Now that seemed pretty self-evident to me But it's also a sign that somebody. (laughs) So here's Paul like, okay, these guys are sinning so that they experience more grace. No. Okay. Were you going to say something? Okay. Now. Guys, the grace of God is so good because it's not low level it's it's not prompting you to operate at the lowest level of your capacity it is standard raising at every level and i'm using the word level what, get over it like every level it's standard raising and it's propelling you to live in a holy way right and then and then oh and then when you figured out like how holy you can be god's like yeah i'm holier than that here's the grace for you to operate even holier than that and then you figured out it's like oh you know what I've gotten to the level of everything that I think is holy. And God's like, yeah, I'm holier than that. And you can look at it as like, oh, am I ever going to make it? Am I ever going to get there? And that shouldn't be exciting for you. Making it shouldn't be exciting for you. What should be exciting is that you have a God that has a height, like a holiness level that you're like, man, I can explore holy and holy and holy and holy till the cows come home. And it's not, a, it's not a thing about me making it. It's a thing about me taking the invitation to know God. He's always like, come know me more. Come know me more. Hey, come know me more. Come know me more. Oh, you think you know me? Repent of what you think you know me and come know me even more. That's exciting that we have a God with that infinite. I, you know what? i will dare to say we're the only faith that has that. Every other one. Like, here's the book. Figure it out. Like, get to enlighten it on your own. This is what you have to do. Not not for us. Not for Our God is holy to, like, I can't, if I could explain it, it wouldn't be holy. Does that make sense? All right. So I promised that I was going to get to Matthew 5. Now, I think I can revolutionize church. Like, this thing, seriously, this thing could be half an hour long, and we go out like, this is what we do. We worship. We do worship. 45 okay. We do worship. We read all chapter 5, right? Matthew chapter 5. We look at each other and we say, did we do that successfully this week? And we all go, no. And then we go say, let's go do this. Let's go do chapter 5. Let's go out in the world and do chapter 5. All these other things, until we nail Matthew chapter 5 and everything that Jesus said, red words, right? Jesus said, do all these things. Is there a big bump there? I thought I heard a big bump. That's just the Lord in my heart, I guess. Right? We could just read chapter 5 and be like, all right, let's get out there and do it. Here we are. This is the locker room. Let's get out to the field. Okay. So now, this is the encouragement I want to give you. Oh, no. There's another encouragement I want to give you. If you read chapter 5 and listen to what Jesus is saying within chapter 5, it has to throw out every single theology that you have that we've been taught. Because there's Jesus sitting in front of people that he hasn't died for yet. You know, he died before the foundation of the world, but it hasn't manifested physically. And what is he saying to them? He's saying, you're the light of the world. Wait, how can I be the light of the world? I haven't accepted Jesus. No, he's like, no, 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 no. I created you to be that way. What are you talking about? You're the light of the world. You're like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, Jesus, don't you have have to die? Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying... But right there, Jesus is still living, like the, the beginning of his, of his ministry. And he's like, you're the light of the world. It's like, wait a minute. That doesn't make, that doesn't compute. No, because we have this thing where we, we like, we have to hold on to that, that sin thing and that identity so badly that we can't hear when Jesus is like, you're the light of the world. You're like, no, I'm not. I'm not the light of the world, Jesus. I have this and that. And he's like, no, 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 you're the light of the world. So you know what would be a good idea? To be the light of the world. Hey, you are the light of the world, so could you please be the light of the world? You are the light of the world. You are. So the most beautiful encouragement to end Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. All the way down. Go down to um, verse 48. Okay. Jesus tells you all these things. He says all these things, right? He goes through all this stuff. And then at the end, to close out, like to wrap it up, what does he say? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect let's take the first part let's take the first part therefore you are to be perfect are to be suggests that you have some work to do and the work that you have to do is to celebrate in tribulation, persevere, prove character, hope. Pushes you to perfect. Right? Stand on the grace. Right? Don't use grace to go down. Use grace to, 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 to rise up. Okay? So you are to be perfect. Now this is the beautiful encouragement here. As your heavenly father is perfect. The invitation here is that you operate in the DNA that was put into you by your father. Perfect is achievable because it's in your DNA. Perfect is achievable because your father is perfect so you have the pathway to Being perfect. So here Jesus is saying, Hey, you don't have to settle for that thing that you're settling. You don't have to settle for this hell. You don't have to settle for this hell. What you can do is be perfect as I am perfect and stand on my grace and come and get to know me and know me and know me and know me and forsake all other things that prevent you from knowing me. You'll be hitting perfect. It, it, it's not about a set of things that you have to do. Like it's not about a set of things that you should do. It's about a, a, an understanding and a knowing of who you are. The things that will come out of it, the fruit that will come out of it, will that, that'll be perfect fruit. But understanding who you are and operating within that understanding, you'll be perfect. Operating inside the DNA of your father, his DNA, his DNA, so guess what, I'm short and bald because of my DNA, right, like I I had no choice in that, I had no no choice in that, so what's flowing through you and your DNA, the possibility of perfection. possibility of perfection exists because grace abounds. Because it's at its highest level at all times. Because as I step forward, I get the revelation of actually how big it is. And I step forward and I get revelation. Oh, it's bigger than that. Okay, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Let's go. And you start moving like a freight train. You start, like, look. God's like, I'm trying to, this is, oh. um, This is glory to glory glory to glory is achieved within his grace a lot of us want to live sacrifice to sacrifice sacrifice i messed up sacrifice messed up sacrifice lord forgive me for my sins i'm not saying that's bad i'm just saying this is us living as people who know sacrifice Lord Lord, forgive me for my sins, Lord forgive me for. My... And, and the better picture of repentance is, "Oh, I knew this level of you. I repent to know a better level of, a higher level of you." You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay, so stand with me, because I want to bless you. Phil, thank you so much. You are not helpless. You're not helpless. You are not helpless. In you flows the DNA of Jesus Christ. You have the DNA of God the Father himself. You are not helpless. You have within you the ability to celebrate tribulations in tribulation. To persevere. To prove character. And to have hope. Like real hope. True, like divine hope. Available to you is the abounding grace of God. And it's not waiting for you to sin To increase, it is always, always abundant, always. So Father, may we not insult the spirit of grace by using it as license to remain in a sin, but may we use grace to propel us into the true identity of sons and daughters of the true living God. Father, you give me grace to level up and grace to level up and grace to level up and grace to level up. And may everyone in here stand on grace and level up. So in the beginning, when I say get, my, get your act together, that's the act that needs to get together. Not that you're necessarily abandoning sin, but you're using grace for what it's meant for to propel you, propel you up. Abandon those things through the propelling up through grace. So, Father, I pray that each one of us here has that mindset. Has that mindset that we would be holy. That we would be perfect because it's within our DNA to be perfect. May we not despise the hard things that need to be said to us. When we're settling for the low level, when we're deciding to be a victim, when we're putting ourselves through our own hells, Father, I pray that everyone here, everyone, everyone, and everyone that is influenced or impacted by the people in here will experience the true grace of God so that they can be perfect. In your name, amen. 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 That's five minutes early. That's Wait, hold on. I tried to lie of you. Six. Six minutes early? Man, I should get a medal. I love y'all. Have a great week. Be perfect. Be perfect. Thank you. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.